It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's not every day we are get to speak with a Browns legend, but today we are lucky because Michael Dean Perry, the Cleveland Browns legend, defensive end yes, of all sir. defensive yes. linemen, uh, is joining us here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Michael, thanks for taking some time, and uh, how you been? Thank you guys for having me. I've been great. So, Michael, no complaints. I, I, I got to ask this to start, but we just saw Miles Garrett win Defensive Player of the Year. You are in mm-hmm. the top three all times in Browns history for sacks. Miles, obviously number one now. What makes Miles so different, unique, and frankly, unstoppable from someone who played the position and knows the ins and outs of getting to the quarterback better than any of us? You know, there's plenty of great pass rushers. Um, you can take Reggie White. You can take Bruce Smith, Lawrence Taylor. Um, everybody has their own little nick on how they get to the quarterback, how they defeat that, uh, that guy in front of them. You know, mine was leverage. Uh, Miles, I think Miles' hips are so great, and he has that dip. I think that gives uh, Lyman a lot, a lot of trouble. So when I look at Miles' play, that's what I see as a as a big advantage for him. He's able to dip that shoulder uh, very easily and turn his hips and get around. Um, as a matter of fact, I called the uh, complex probably a week ago to congratulate him. I didn't have his number. But I call to congratulate him that uh, in being NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that's a great honor. The uh, closest I got was AFC Defensive Player of the Year. So uh, <laughs> much love to him, and uh, he deserves it. Yo, Mr. Perry, man, you played in Cleveland. I was born in 87. You played here in 88 to 94. So I only know the stories and the, and the tapes that my grandfathers and my uncles have shown me. But – you know, out of all the uh, defensive tackles that's in the Hall of Fame, all of them dudes got five Pro Bowls, you got six. You know, four times either All-Pro first or second team. You win AFC Defensive Player of the Year your second year, and yet you in the Hall of Fame are very good. In your opinion, because your resume is crazy, what do you think is the issue with the Hall of Fame voting system? Well, number one, I'm pretty much laid-back guy. I don't stay in the public eye. You know, I did what I had to do when I was playing. I enjoy playing. I enjoy playing in Cleveland. And, um, you know, if I was on the radio or doing TV, I'm pretty sure I would have been I would have been in a long time ago. And it's funny that you say that because um, about four or five years ago, um, a guy brought that to my attention. He said, I can't remember who it was, but someone wrote an article in Sports Illustrated, and they said that, out of all the defensive tackles, and this is before Seymour and um, uh, Bryant was um, inducted a couple years ago. It was before those two guys uh, came in. He said, you know, they did a uh, search and said, like you you just mentioned, there were, I don't know how many defensive tackles, but anyone who had four or more have been selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The only guy who was not was myself. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. So by you, you know, making that comment, I think others are talking about it. Uh, hopefully 
you know, I'll get inducted. You know, uh, you know, I tell, talk about this all the time. Like, you know, I grew up, um, I played defensive line in college. And the crazy part about it is my dad used to take us up. We couldn't really afford to go to the Browns game. So our dad used to take us up to, to Berea and watch practice. And he used to always say, hey, hey, make sure you're watching Michael Dean in the middle. It's to watch his get off <laughs> quick, quick as a cat. And I didn't, I didn't really get it until I started like looking at my position and watching. And I think a lot of times, a, a lot of people don't give you the credit um, of what you were able to do, just being disruptive in the backfield. Uh, just the other night, I was watching a game. I, you know, I'll be watching a lot of old school games. Um, I was watching, I believe it was 1992, the, the Miami Dolphins versus the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland Browns Stadium. They talked about it, how you was hurt. Uh, in that Monday night game, and then uh, you weren't going to be in that game. And I remember the first four or five plays, they're handing the ball off. I'm like, if Michael Dean was in there, they wouldn't be getting that <laughs> off. And I'm thinking, I'm like, that's 30, 40 years ago, G. Bush. But but that's how they, and Dan Deerdorf was talking about how, you know, the Browns defense, you know, they got Clay Matthews, but the guy inside, the superstar is Michael Dean Perry. Um, do you think just because of, of the fact that you played in Cleveland and, and, Maybe you didn't play in a big city that people just don't give you the credit you you, you deserve. I, to be honest, I don't know what the reasons are. Uh, like I said before, when you talk about my accomplishments, it really shouldn't matter if you played in a big market, media market uh, area, whether it's New York or California or whatever. You, the mere fact that uh, your performance on the field speaks for itself, that's all it should matter. Plain and simple. So when you, when the individuals who are supposed to select, vote on individuals who made an impact in this game, regardless of where you played, they should see that individual and say, hey, you know what? This guy is deserving. So um, to answer your questions, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But in my humble opinion, if you, you know, produced on the field, if you were you know, a great player on the, on the field, you should be recognized. That's, we'll, that's get the, my uh, we'll get the Michael Dean Perry to the Hall of Fame campaign getting uh, getting <laughs> underway again. We got you. Don't worry on that. But in doing some research okay, for this interview, I, I found that you had a, you know, a picturesque, perfectly clean resume, except you got kicked out of practice once. And I was curious, <laughs> what could you have done to get kicked out of practice just once in your career? Uh, you're talking about at Clem- uh, Clemson, I, I take it. I, I believe that's what I was referring to, but I couldn't figure out exactly yeah. what the reasoning behind that was. Okay, I'll tell you, it was a spring game, uh, spring practice. It was my senior season. So that had to be the spring of uh, 88. Uh-huh. And uh, we were doing number one offense, number one defense at the time. Yep. And uh, I think the first six or seven plays, they ran. I might have had two or three sacks, tackles for a loss. <laughs> and so Coach Ford, so Coach Ford yelled at me. And, and think, <laughs> think about this guy. He's yelling at me, so I, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Did I jump off sides? I'm in trouble. What what happened? And he yelled, Michael, and he has a very high-pitched voice. And he was, yeah, Michael, hey! <laughs> I was like, okay, what did I do? I can't get nothing done. So he kicked me out of practice. And, uh, you know, people still talk about that story because if you know Coach Ford, he was a very tough uh, individual, and it took a lot for you to get kicked out of practice. And that was one of the things that, uh, matter of fact, he tells that story as well. He said that's one of the guys that I had to kick out of practice because I could get nothing done. Yo, I so think the biggest compliment, 
You know, it's funny that uh, you asked me that because the biggest compliment that I ever got was a scout from the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. He came and he was looking at other players and he said, Michael Dean, you are just as good or better than the some of the guys that we have on our front now. I'm like, yeah, okay, right. You blowing smoke because my brother mm-hmm. is up there, so you, you're just being nice. But sure enough, you know, I ended up having a pretty good career. And I saw him in Denver when I played in Denver um, back in 96, 97. He said, what did I tell you? I said, yes, you did tell me that. But that just goes to show you, I honestly, I didn't think I was good enough to play on the next level, guys. Really? That's crazy. So what, I, I did not. What, I did not did it, think I was good enough to play on the next level. So what, when did it click then? Was was it that practice when Coach kicked you out for well, destroying the well, game well, plan? Or, was, or that, when did it click? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the instances. And then another time, as a sophomore, they moved me from defensive end to outside linebacker. And in and, uh, and training camp, I broke my, uh, my leg. And so Coach Ford came up to him. He said, oh, Michael. It's a good thing it wasn't that big bone because you wouldn't make that big money. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> right. what is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, so that's when it clicked. Okay, I must be pretty decent. And that's when it you know, started thinking, okay, I have a chance to play on the next level. That's awesome. So speaking but yes, of, going, yeah, starting out, I didn't think I was good enough. So speaking of uh, former Clemson Tigers and, and Cleveland Browns, there's a former, Clem- former Clemson Tiger uh, by the name of Deshaun Watson who was once deemed the Michael <laughs> Jordan. His coach called first once called him the Michael Jordan of football uh, from one Clemson Tiger. Mm-hmm. Talk about Deshaun Watson. Do you believe that he can return to that quote-unquote Michael Jordan of football form that he once had? Absolutely. Um, you hear it a lot in golf about, uh, you know, individuals, and, and the, the biggest example probably is Tiger Woods, you know, This game is played between the ears. And when Deshaun can block out all the uh, external stuff that is going on and just focus on football, getting his mind right, getting his body right, there's no doubt in my mind that Deshaun Watson uh, can be that that player that he, he once was. And everybody's looking forward to seeing. There's no doubt in my mind he can't get back to that level. I got a follow up before G go because uh, Mr. Perry, you know, we ask a lot of players, uh, a lot of athletes, current and former athletes, these questions. And it seems like most former players or current players believe that he can get back to that. Meanwhile, people like in the media, like myself or fans, they say no. So like, what is it that former athletes see like with that third eye that we don't see that truly make you all believe that? Let me tell you something. You guys can look at an average player and he's going up against pro bowlers, all pros, and you say, oh, that guy, you know, he's not very good. But let me tell you guys something. We may play very well and we may dominate or we may get the the best of that guy. But believe me, that guy is still a pretty good damn athlete. Even though that, you know, he's playing against some of the best athletes that ever played the game. Mm-hmm. Still yet, you can't discount that guy and say, oh, that guy's garbage. That guy's this. That guy's that. There's a reason why Deshaun Watson was drafted uh, the way he was drafted, when he was drafted. And also, uh, the contract that he got, it was a reason why. That's because of the level of play. So, he's not 
at an age where he cannot get it back. Now, if he was, you know, 37, 38, I would say, yeah, probably time has passed him up. But clearly not. So if he can just focus on playing the game of football, focus on himself and getting, you know, back to that level, I think he would be fine. Yeah, so that's what I see. As an athlete to another athlete, unless he's he's hurt or he's old, you always have that 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 hope that that guy can get back to that place where he was once dominant. Now, saying that, that's why I don't think a Tiger Woods can ever reclaim the status that he once had because of what? Physically, he's not able to do it. No matter how much he tries, his body has broken down. That's why. You know, that that's, that's a, the difference. That's a great point, uh, Michael Dean. Um, uh, there's a lot of people who feel that, that, you know, he can't get to where he wants to get back to. Um, I, I feel giving healthy and having a whole year. I think he, I think he can put up some mm-hmm. numbers. Now let, let me ask you this. Now there's a guy that you played football with. Um, my man, uh, I said, you know, I wanted to get somebody on the show. I, I reached out and I, you know, my man Leroy Horace said, listen, when you keep <laughs> Michael Dean on, you, t- you ask him about this time um, that you actually had a, a little run in with, with uh, Bill Belichick and uh, uh-huh. you guys were supposed to be in pads, but uh, Michael Dean Perry <laughs> being the big dog, you put you, you, you put an end to that. How did that go down? How did you get, how did you just call well, pull rank on Bill Belichick like that? How did that go down? Well, <laughs> Leroy need to keep his mouth closed. <laughs> anyway. that's, that's impossible. We, we have Leroy that's on every week and we learned like, that is, that's an impossible that, task. And listen guys, Listen, guys, yeah, exactly. Very impossible. So let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I can't take all the credit. That was the same year that Jerry Ball and I played together in Cleveland. You remember that? Uh, yep. He told me he played. Jerry, I interviewed Jerry him Ball about a Detroit. week ago. Yep. Right. So so Jerry and I uh, were in Cleveland, of course, at the same time. And we're going to the uh, training room, get taped, get ready for practice. So they give you the schedule uh, right before you go out. Uh, well, not right before. Maybe a couple hours before. And let you know what we're going to be doing. So Jerry came to me. He said, Michael Dean, do you see this? I'm like, what? He said, Belichick has us in full pads. I said, no, you got to be kidding me. Because it was a Monday night game, if you guys remember. Uh-huh. And so we already had a few days in pads. And we was like, man, our bodies were just like so and beat up. And so I told Jerry, I said, Jerry, listen, man, nobody's going to go out this locker room and full pads. We're going to be in shorts and shoulder pads. So Jerry stood on one side of the door, and I stood on the other. So Mike Johnson, Clay Matthews, at that time, Benny Testaverde. So they were trying to get out the door with their full pads on, and Jerry and I was like, no, you got to take them off. We're <laughs> going shorts and shoulder pads. So Bill, so Bill, <laughs> so Bill, so Bill came up to me. He said, y'all better damn win. <laughs> And of he course, and of was. course, we did. But that was the end of that was the end of the show. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Go put that. Uh, put the pants off. That's a good. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Do you have a Leroy story that we can bust his balls about? Because Leroy comes on every week, like we said, and uh, you know he always gives us every ammo week. on everyone else. But we, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why do you guys have? Wait a minute. Huh? He we, yeah. Leroy, we talk regular every week. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, my God. You know what? You guys have to find better guys to have on the show every week. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't have Leroy. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you guys, don't, don't have Leroy. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Leroy, Leroy is a great uh, teammate. He's a great uh, – he was a great player. Um, you know, I don't have um, uh, many stories uh, uh, about Leroy. I mean, he was pretty much to himself. He did what he had to do. Um, he, was a, he was a good teammate. So I don't, I don't have any stories you can bust his butt about. Gotcha. I, but I give, me, give, me, give, me, hey, hey, give me some time. I, might, I can't think of anything right now, but it's not to say that – Later on, exist. I don't remember something. Now, now listen, huh? Michael, Michael Dean, we've got Bernie on every week, too. See, do, we got... BK! Do, do you got a Bernie story? You know what my story real, uh, 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 concerning Bernie? You know what I always said? What? I said, if I played against Bernie every week, I have 30 sacks a year. <laughs> 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 I said to myself... I wish I could play against Bernie Kozar because he doesn't move. He's back there like the uh, Statue of Liberty. He, he doesn't move. I say, man, I would have about 30 sacks uh, a year if I played against Bernie, you know, every game. But anyway, no, Bernie was the uh, – he's another good teammate, great guy. Um, I have nothing uh, – no no, no stories. I know that uh, – I know – wait a minute. Wait a minute. I back up. I, 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 I digress. So – we were at practice. Bill, I think it was his first year in Cleveland. And so we we're in practice, right? And Bill was was just, you know, you know Bill. He was just irate to the point of he just, just all on everybody. And so Bernie tells Bill, he said, lighten up. Go get you some. <laughs> <laughs> and when did Bill say? So Bill, you know, Bill had this look yeah. like. Boy, if I could strangle you right now, I would. But anyway, <laughs> that was ask, ask Bernie about that one. He'll tell you. It was okay. it was funny. Mm. I got yeah. <laughs> I got two quick ones here for you, Michael. Uh, first, one of the sure. I would say weirdest anomalies of the entire NFL this season was how good the Browns' defense was at home and how much they struggled at certain mm. aspects on the road. Can you put mm-hmm. a finger on any idea why that may have been the case? It, it could just be the simply the quarterbacks they played and the quality of teams they played at home versus the road, but. From your playing days, is there anything you could take away from why one team would be so good in front of their home crowd and just nowhere near that same level Average. on the road, or just just aberration? Yeah, um, you know, you have an advantage, of course, 
when you're on defense at home because you got to deal with the crowd. And I tell people all the time is that I love playing in, in Cleveland Stadium because when the fans got behind you, I mean, when we were really playing, I mean, it was tough for offenses to, to, to audible, to hit a snap count. So that's the that's the big advantage. Um, but here again, when you talk about championship teams, uh, I've never experienced that. Uh, the closest I came was AFC Championship game. But those are the teams that play well on the road as well as at home. And Cleveland can be that team. I mean, they have the players in place, a couple of players here and there. I heard you guys talk about a wide receiver um, here and there, which would, uh, would help. So, yes, we're, we're close, no doubt about it. But in order to be that elite team to go to the next level, then you have to be consistent and play ball like you play at home. And, you know, I don't know it should be that big a difference from home to uh, playing at home and then playing uh, away. Uh, I, I think it's it's uh, it's mental. Um, you know, when you get there, I don't know. I just I don't have an answer for you. That's one of those aberrations. And I it, wish I did. I wish yeah. I did, but I, you know, because it, it doesn't it didn't matter to me. I can only speak about myself and when I played. It doesn't it didn't matter to me if I played in Cleveland, which I enjoyed playing, or I played in Houston, or I played in Denver. It doesn't it didn't matter. You know, I was going to come out and give you 110 percent. Uh, every single game, so um, you know that's a uh, that's a head scratcher for me. When I wish I had your... a better answer, but I don't. Right, hey, we're looking for the same answer too, so it's not just you. When you look at your resume, <laughs> though, Michael, you have you know three All Pro teams on it, six Pro Bowls, but maybe the most impressive thing that you've done is McDonald's named the cheeseburger after you, the yeah. MVP. Yeah. Is that? I mean, there it is, right there, there is. the triple cheeseburger with bacon. <laughs> That has to be the crowning well, achievement of any player or any person's career. It doesn't get better than that. No, you really, it really doesn't. And it tastes pretty good, too. <laughs> I think I, I got that commercial by default. <laughs> but, yes, that was a, uh, that was a, uh, a wonderful time um, to be recognized like that and to have a burger named after you. I mean, not many people uh, can say that. So, yes, that's one, uh, one of the great moments, great times. So, Mr. Perry, man, I'm from, really me to, to do that. I'm from here. I'm born and raised here, right? And I know predominantly uh-huh. now a lot of athletes, they stay on the west side. So, like, late 80s, early 90s, if you played for the Browns, like, was you an east sider or on the west side? I was a west sider. I oh, stayed in Westlake. Right off of, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I stayed uh, right off of, Don't apologize. Uh, Crocker Bassett Road, exit nine, uh, uh, Interstate 90. Crocker okay. Bassett Road. Yep. I, I stayed out there. I think Bernie stayed out there. Kevin Mack. Uh, who else was around there? I want to say Wester Slaughter. Uh, he was, yeah, he was close. Yeah, same development. So we had four or five. Anthony Pleasant. We had we had a, a number of guys stay in, uh, in the Westlake area. Don't nobody stay. Don't hold that saying. against us. Don't hold that against <laughs> us. Hey, touche, man. <laughs> now, now, this is, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. Go ahead. This is crazy. I, you you got to you got to bring it up. Like when did you cuz this was this is me and my brother we got to play with each other in, in college. So, I played defensive line, he played offensive line. Um mm-hmm. what was it like seeing your brother go like from, you know, he was a guy that that was a defensive tackle to I mean, becoming a 
a superstar overnight by like when we when we was growing <coughs> up, I was too big to run the football. But when Refrigerator Perry got to run the ball in the Super Bowl, it, it, it changed all the big boys' lives. It changed my life because it was hope. It was hope that one day my coach was going to throw me back there and get it in. Did you mm-hmm. ever want to get the football in Cleveland because you saw your brother doing it? Like, what, what, how was that? No, no, I never did. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, Dicker came up with, and it, it worked out for him. So, you know, kudos to him, and I was glad – to see him uh, do as well as he did. But I will tell you this, one big guy to another, you know what that uh, that did for us? What was that? Huh? What? It brought sexy back to big people. Because <laughs> <laughs> Fridge was like, hey, back then, Fridge was, they, when you say 85 Bears, they like, oh, that's the Fridge. They, he was probably getting, yeah, that's right. he, he, was, he was, the ladies must yeah. have loved him back then. That was just. Uh, hey, and, you know, and you know what? You know what's so amazing when we go and do autograph uh, signings? It's like 1985 never stopped for him. <laughs> you know, you would you would think you would think the Bears won the Super Bowl uh, last year. It's amazing. <laughs> it just keep going. It won't stop. You be looking at him like you know you you know you ain't in playing shape no more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, Michael D, we really appreciate you joining us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Anytime you want to come back, we'd love to have you. The stories and insight was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Best of luck with whatever you're doing moving forward, and we really appreciate you we taking gotta a few have minutes out of the day. Man. We, we got to hey, get, we'll get you studio. three of Leroy's days, two and a half of Leroy's days. <laughs> that sounds good to me, but listen, I'm not going to forget you guys. When I remember a Leroy story, I'll call you guys up and let you know. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so <laughs> much, Michael. Really appreciate hey, it. Nice talking with you guys. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Michael Dean Perry. Yo, I love talking to OGs, man. Like, I I love that. That's one of those people, like, you you meet them at a cigar lounge, you get you a nice Cohiba, and you just sit back and enjoy story time. You got to think about it. Like, I grew up, and these guys used to, I got all the posters, right? So, for me, I'm like, man, listen, I get to, I I interviewed Michael Dean Perry. My dad be like, man, that's crazy. You growing up from watching him on TV saying, watch this dude in your position, so you get it. It's just, it's just cool. And he's one of 12 kids, by the way. Like, he's the youngest of 12. William was the 10th youngest. Like, I don't even I, – I, maybe a bad job out of us for not asking about the other 10. But if that's two of the 12, I, can you, imagine, you got a whole offense. Can you imagine Can you imagine the fights at the crib? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's – I'm like Gito. Like, I was born at 87. And my grandfather and my father has always told me the stories about Michael Dean Perry. Like, a lot of people talk about Clay Matthews, but he'll say, man, people never talk about Michael Dean Perry enough. How, like, you know, he said, you know, he was the equivalent of, like, what you see a superior defensive tackle. I think he used Warren Sapp at that mm-hmm. time. He said, you see Warren Sapp now? He said, that was Warren Sapp before Warren Sapp. So, like, straight, man, shout out to him. Like, he looked good, too. He did look good. Great speaker. Would love to have yeah. back on. Did you see what, and will you pull up the cheeseburger tag board again real quick? I noticed something on this, Earl. Don, I don't know if you noticed this too. What, it's what do you notice about that, that ad? Triple cheeseburger with bacon. A buck ninety-nine. Yeah. I was talking about how, how inflated prices at fast food are. Man. You can't get a regular cheeseburger now for a buck. And I bet you he got it in record time. I bet you he went to the drive-thru, <laughs> oh, oh. he got it for a dollar ninety-nine, and he got it in less than two minutes. You go to the drive-thru today. You're sitting there 10 minutes before they even take your damn yeah. order. And then you're going to sit there another five minutes before they take your damn money. And then they're going to give you your food and your fries probably damn cold. They gave you two napkins, no straw, no ketchup. Dang, Earl, you tricked it. 
That's crazy. I, listen, I, it's one of the things Earl has been passionate about since the day I met like, him. Is how bad the fast food industry has gotten. Like, why do you call it years. fast food if you're not gonna actually like, Deliver. like, stick to the stat? Yeah. Like, come on now. I actually think that that I think that might that dollar ninety nine might have been for the meal because you saw it. In, it included. It might have been for the meal. Hey, pull back up. They had a Coke up there. So I can't see the tiny font next to it. But it's crazy. No, the one ninety nine says. Only one ninety nine plus tax, sandwich only. Oh, okay. Uh, so they were still getting money. Dollar ninety nine is still kind of expensive back then, though. For a triple cheeseburger with bacon, though. I, I mean, double cheeseburgers used to be ninety nine cent. Remember, we was growing up. Double cheeseburger is ninety nine. Apple pies is a dollar. And don't go to the Wendy's. Ain't no dollar menu no more. Ain't no dollar yeah, menu it, no more. That was the whole best part of it. Wendy's dollar, dollar menu was just, just oh, you could go in there and get your money. You man, you know, people winning. don't even know, man. Wendy's. Like a, a a meal out at Wendy's and a meal at Longhorn cost the same these days. Oh, don't go to Arby's. They still paying Ving Rams to say we have the meat. You paying Ving Rams all that money? A, a, a regular roast beef sandwich is like five sixty. No curly fries. No cheese. I know. And you're trying to move on, but listen, at no, mom probably know about this too. Like I went to Collinwood, so McDonald's was right across the street. Like, I lived off the dollar menu. You the know what I'm saying? $5 went a long way. You had dessert. You could get the small drink. You could get the, hey, McChicken's was a dollar. The McChicken. You could get the McChicken. You could get the double cheeseburger. Then they turned them into the McDoubles, which didn't have two pieces of cheese on it. Then they just got rid of the pot. They was like, you know what? Sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to. And Do remember, you, you want to know how much a Dave's triple from Wendy's right now is. Does not have bacon on it, just three patties and some. Nine eighty six. Is this a meal or just a sandwich? Just the sandwich, uh, according to DoorDash. Probably like ten dollars. Nine nine eighty nine something. Nine sixty one. What? Crazy. Absurd. Yeah. You talk about the salary cap inflation? Yes. <laughs> that's that, a triple cheeseburger inflation. That's hey, put a franchise about. tag on that. Yeah, I would franchise tag. A franchise tag. I don't. I don't know. These burgers aren't good enough for a franchise tag. I don't know how y'all date. Listen, like I don't listen. I got out of the dating pool before I before I met my wife. I was going on these dates, and I was appalled at the level of how much money did it cost to go out to eat. Yeah, and she, I was I, appalled that I was like, "You lied on your pictures. I would have not taken you to a sit down. <laughs> you lied. Are you talking about you use Photoshop? You, you, and about, I don't want to pay for your meal. Hey, you talking about y'all you, 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 date? I got kids. <laughs> Gee, I took myself. I you took talking myself about y'all talking about dating? That's cute. I got seventy five dollars. I have kids. Yourself at Barrio? <laughs> I took myself to Barrio, and it was seventy-five dollars. Did you get hammered? Uh, I had three margaritas and five tacos, so not really. But close. I would listen for that price. I would have roofied myself. I would have been like, "Yeah, take <laughs> advantage. What is going on? Take advantage of me. And, and I give am us so a vulnerable. Give us a out. Give us a <laughs> All right. Moving on from that, I want to remind you guys one last Pineapples. time: you can get buckets I'm with your first bet on Fanduel, oh, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet. That's one hundred and fifty uh. bucks if your bet wins. You guys can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. Just visit Fanduel.com/ucss to shoot your shot. Fanduel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. We haven't had a winning ticket. In a couple weeks now, and that was because that was All Star break, so there was no games, and then the Cavs lost a couple, so we need to get some winning tickets. Wait, hold up, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got to give my boy some love. I I probably clip this off and I I show him later. Shout out to my homie man Slim Bull, my man Rick. My man hit a twenty five leg parlay yesterday. How much he hit? 
Here, take. I'm not. I'm not joking. Pass that to him. Twenty-five leg parlay. Oh, he, he cooking. He cooking. A twenty-five leg parlay. He bet twelve ninety. And he has a six hundred and sixteen dollar and forty one cent profit on a twenty five game say leg parlay. That's crazy. That's hey, a listen. Hell of a win. Hey, look. G- That's a hell of a win. Hey, G- What's his name? Oh, uh, Rick. Well, G- Rick, send Snapboard. in your tickets so we can show it. On the tag board for FanDuel's official yeah, w- uh, official connection. Yeah, I won 56 bucks yesterday. I know, that's not enough, G. Yeah, I know. Not enough. I know. But I respect it. Good for yeah. you. All right. The, <laughs> the, the, the question that Except Anthony my little 56 had now, huh? poised to us was, <laughs> G, in Summer League, we talked about Imani Bates and Craig Porter. Got all excited about those two. In the preseason of the NFL, it was Austin Watkins season. It was DTR. And then it's spring training, and it's just like it's spring training. Why doesn't spring training hit the same way that preseason action in the NBA and the NFL do? Because you have an older fan base. I didn't think of it like that. Your, your fan base in baseball, like the average, like, my, like look, my dad, he, he's mad at the Indians all the time or the Guardians. Is that why he mad at the Guardians? Huh? Is that why he's mad at the Guardians? No, he care less. Oh. And he said because, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a 15% uh, Indian rate in our family. Uh, on my mom's side, that he will continue to wear Indians gear too. He said, uh, "I could get that off." I said, "Let's find that." Um, but he he uh, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, man, he be he be mad at him, but he watches, he listens to all the games. He's one of them weird dudes that want to listen to it on the radio and watch it on the TV." Him and my mom and be there having dates, watching the, the Guardians. I'm like, "This is terrible." I'm spring training. This is not cool. They're old. They old school. They grew up around that. They only had the, you know, they only got certain multimedia around them. Like they don't have no internet or They still don't know how to really use the internet like that. But think about it. It's Jay, it's Bull, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. These dudes is like they, you, you can't get into it yourself. I, look, look, I I can get into it, but they don't play my brand of baseball. They don't play the brand of baseball I like. I like doubles in home runs and lots of strikeouts. If you strike out, who cares? You hit a three-run bomb, we good. I like teams with edge, flair, style. I like uniforms to watch them. I like giveaways at the ballpark. I need excitement around my team. The Guardians don't do much to excite. They don't even do much to excite the fans. Earl? I mean, I think it's for a lot of the same reasons. <laughs> like, baseball's dominant fan base is older, and unfortunately, it's a dying breed, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, like, locally here, you got people who are pissed off for a lot of different reasons. People feel like the Dolans don't spend money, so there's no reason to get excited. You got people who are frustrated because they changed the name of the team, so they don't even follow the team no more. You got people, we talked about, you know, the Bally's part of it, who financially can't afford to watch the team, so they've lost interest overall. I think there's a lot of different uh, reasons why excitement for baseball is down. I know for me, like, you know, baseball overall is, is just not one of my favorite sports. Like, if I'm being totally yeah. honest, it's just not one of my favorite sports. That's part of it, too. And even when the Guardians, like, if the Guardians was good, if they had, like, players that I really knew, I would probably be more interested than what I am now. I remember a couple you years ago. You did the postseason ago, shows with Bull. Well, yeah. Because you get into it, and it's you exciting. You get into it, and, 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 a, lot, and a lot had, more. That was, that was the fun. I'm not going to lie. That postseason post-games was the funnest I had, and it was a baseball post yeah. game. It was me and Earl. We was doing them. We was watching the whole game. Yeah. We was talking like, at the I enjoy, here's the, I enjoy baseball. Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy watching the Guardians play. I enjoy going to the Guardians games. I think that 
they got out of the three teams, their fan experience in person is the best of the three teams. That's just my personal opinion. Like football games in person, I absolutely hate. Cavs do a really good job. Cavs do a really good job, but it's like man, a baseball game in the summer outside beautiful ballpark. We went this last year. Man, we went to like a bunch of games, so it's like to me, I just need these dudes like to come out and hopefully this young talent can like hit the ground running and give me a reason to be excited. But I have no reason to do so. So what you just said is my biggest gripe with this particular collection of spring training issues with the Guardians. So I turned on the game yesterday while I was waiting for the Cavs, right? In the lineup <laughs> yesterday, they had Chase DeLauder, who's probably their best overall hitting prospect, Kyle Manzardo, who we've talked about. He'll be at the MLB level at some point. And then they have this guy named Angel Martinez, who had an absolute freaking bomb yesterday, a switch-hitting 20-year-old middle infielder. When you watch Summer League, we could get excited about Amani and Craig Porter Jr. was awesome, and, and Luke Travers and all those guys. But we knew they weren't going to have, like, major roles on the team because, at this point, they're not better than Donovan Mitchell or Derek. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have expectations. And you watch the NFL preseason, and DTR was awesome, right? But DTR wasn't battling Deshaun Watson for the starting quarterback position. Austin Watkins, I think we all think maybe should have got a bigger shot to he show what he can do. Yeah. But it was like he was taking a more <clears throat> Cooper spot, right? Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones. Well, I watched spring training, and I'm not going to pretend to tell you guys I know the ins and outs of baseball like I do basketball or football, but... The louder looks like he could hit on the MLB level. And Manzardo had two hits yesterday, and Martinez hits this bomb. And I'm like, I want to see these guys come April when it matters, not in Arizona in Goodyear. And the reality of the situation is the louder's probably not going to be on the MLB level till later this year, if at all. Manzardo's going to start in AAA and probably won't be with the team till May, just as how the guard or April or May, that's how the Guardians work. And Martinez, they have like 73 other prospects at the middle infield positions that are ahead of him on the depth chart. He might not be here for two, three years. So it's just frustrating when I see these little tidbits. I'm like, oh, that guy looks good. I'm going to forget about him, and he'll come back in my life in three years. So it's just hard for me to get as locked in, focused, and engaged on spring training baseball just because I have no idea when it's going to pay dividends down the road. Look, man, here's the thing. They play a lot of – in baseball, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of – you know, we hear things about clubhouse and – He's a great guy at the clubhouse, and, you know, guys really missed him because he just, everything is, I might listen, brother, nobody care about that. Like, let, if we want to see these prospects, that's another problem with them. It's, you got these guys, and we hear about them all year. We hear about them, this guy's doing something great, this guy's really doing, he's not, but he's not going to be up here, he's a little ways, stop telling me that. If you're a World Series team, then you got an excuse not to play young guys. If you're a perennial division leader and you got guys that are Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and, and they're, they, they can't get Isaiah Mobley or they can't get Imani Bates no time, we're not going to knock you. But if you're running around here looking like a, 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 you know, a squad that, let me see who's garbage in the NBA, they don't have nobody. No, no. The Wizards. You the Wizards. You can't, Imani Bates is playing for the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. But for the Guardians, it's like they're not having those guys develop. We're not seeing enough of those younger guys. And it doesn't give you anybody to latch onto as a fan. Like, we want to see people grow and progress and say, yo, like, just like this show, right? It's the summertime. We put new people on. You, you get to hear McNuggets more. You get to hear Earl more. You know, Anthony get to do his thing. Like, people are like, oh, I, I like that, man. This is something different. Like, you can, you can, you can latch on to a person and say, man, he didn't really develop and did his thing. 
And these Guardians be having these old vets in there taking up at bats and they bat in 105 and then be like, why aren't you guys coming? Well, I want to see that. We're going to see more young guys in the Guardians lineup this year and hopefully they take the necessary steps forward to have a competent offense. And I think the problem is, G, their division sucks so much in, in totality that they could be average and still be right in the thick of the playoff hunt. So there's no point in totally bottoming out. And they're kind of stuck in this baseball limbo. They're not good enough to win big. They're not bad enough to be terrible. And because the division is just overall not very good. I mean, the White Sox, Twins, Tigers, and Royals outside of Cleveland. Like, if any team wins 90 games, I think it'd be a surprise. So they're like, well, we, we can kind of teeter the line here. But being in limbo, in my opinion, just in general, not just baseball, is the worst thing you could do in sports. So I'm looking at the chat. And based on, like, the chat, if the Guardians players actually stayed on the east side, we would be excited. Because we would know for a fact they'd be good because the side is the best side. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, Earl. I'm not apologizing for the west side. <laughs> I'm an only representative at this point. Whoa, hey. <laughs> Let me out. Oh, you're technically on the west side. Me, Let me ask you this. Yeah, does downtown count east side or west side? Uh, I don't know, Earl. We're, he's on the west side of downtown. You want to give him that for the bank? Well, right now we're on the east side of downtown. So, no, right. Let me so, ask you about yeah. the, Sorry, the outreach. Sure don't count. Sure. Like, one, thing, one thing that I always thought would be great and, and we talk about it, how to engage more than one, you know, more, more diversity in baseball and cultivate the next group of people coming up to be fans <laughs> of baseball. I always thought it would be really cool if, you know, they got, you know, middle school, elementary school, high school game where they go and they make it easy for, for kids to, to get down to the park and just watch the game. They say, listen, we're going to get you guys this high school game every single day. We're going to highlight this is our high school team that's here. And you give them an opportunity, maybe send the buses to the school, bus them from there and back so they don't got to worry about getting on the bus or nothing, and just get inner city kids, other kids here, and cultivate that, that type relationship. Because And just to get them to endear themselves to baseball. Like if, if there was a thing where, you know, kids in the inner city knew, hey, I could come down on this day to watch the Guardians play. It's going to be free. My mom could drop me off at the school, bust me here. We get free concession. We get snacks and put them in a position to watch the game. I think that can develop another generation Man, of players. I, I don't think I know. I was a young black kid that grew up playing baseball, that loved baseball. Baseball was probably my first love. I watched the Indians every single time they was on TV. I can remember mid-90s like, you know, mid watching a home run race with Sammy Sosa, yep. Luis Gonzalez, and Mark McGuire. I think I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but me, Steve, and Mike actually had a conversation. It's like less than 4%. Um, I think it was 6%, but it's something astronomically low. Like, like yeah. low number of black baseball players across Major League Baseball. And the Guardians might have the most. And the Guardians might have the most players of color on their team. I think that economics and, you know, all these paid travel leads and things like that, like, if you in the inner city and you from the hood, man, your mama and your daddy might not can afford oh, to I see you on the travel league. Yeah. I, I think that something needs to be done. That's a good idea, but the interest is will be there if, you know, it was put more out in front of people. Like it's funny because a lot of kids want to grow up and they want to play in the NFL because it's cool. But if they actually knew and understood, like, man, my son needs to be going to play baseball. He's gonna have a longer Most career. Money. He gonna make more money and post career. I, you know, he more often than not, his mind is gonna be in the right shape. So right, think about that. It's People like, are signing their kids like up we, to get We do stuff that's like it's cool. Like you know, what I'm saying I the mean, chicks dug it. But, the but, chicks dig it. But look like, at he, Kyler he Murray. Out. Kyler Murray had the 
the he, best of both worlds. Opted, out. Top 10 pick by the A's in the MLB draft and the number one overall pick in, in football. The guaranteed money he could have made playing baseball if he had gotten one contract would have outweighed what he'll probably get in this. Or he got, what, 240? It was just under Deshaun's contract, but the guarantee was way lower. But Shohei Otani just had a $700 million contract. We have guys coming from Japan, two, di- two different Japanese players, and mm-hmm. I don't know their names, I apologize, but one signed with the Giants, one signed with the Dodgers. Both signed $300 million deals. Like, baseball, if you want to make money, that is your best bet to making, and it's all guaranteed, by the way. It, it's all 100%. We talk about guaranteed contracts in football. The Browns fully guaranteed Deshaun. The Dodgers fully guaranteed Shohei Otani for two and a half times as much. It's so crazy, McNuggets, because we're not talking about, like, just regular baseball players like that just had a uniform like you go back and you be like look the best people in the game you talk about the frank thomas's the the griffies the lofters the bells the mcgriffs never the been a cooler player than tony Gwynn, yeah. uh dave winfield barry bonds barry bonds like it's like it's crazy ricky henderson dave stewart like all these players these are household names you know what i'm saying and it just it's just crazy how it's declined, and I don't want people to get it, because a lot of times people say, man, why don't they just stop talking with the, you know, why is it got to be a black-white thing? And I'm like, look, I get it, because it, it seems like you guys are complaining, and you got the, because I put, I put myself in other people's position. They say, well, you got all basketball. You got all of all of, all of football. Dang, let us get let us get our money off. Right? I mean, but but like these, these conversations, on, these conversations go, said that, these, these go both ways. Like I tell I tell Mike all the time, it's only one reason why people won't admit that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. Right, it go, it's, it go, it go it's two only ways, one right? reason why they won't admit or, it. Or Luca, so, like, or they'd be like, is Luca Doncic? Better, yeah, he's better than everybody you got. I think Jokic is the unanimous yeah. best player in basketball. Now. And and look how look how and people it, were reluctant. People was reluctant. I don't know. Charles Barkley only got one MVP. You know, Pat. You know, you know, uh, you know, David Robinson. They say it's a corner coming out this year. That's the next Jason Cooper. It's I don't know how it's pronounced. They say he's Is he as good as Jason Seahorn? He's from Iowa. Like who the hell knows? But he's supposed to be a first round pick, and he's not running at the combine. Like. I was, <laughs> See, McNuggets, you perpetuate the same. You said you No, but he, apparently he runs like a 4 3. Like, that's, he's a crazy you want, athlete. You, you want to see it. You're like, yeah. You got to do it for us. Because, bro. like, listen, Iowa was, unwa- Iowa was unwatchable this yeah. year. Well, do you remember when Rashard Mendenhall put out that tweet and it turned the whole yeah. conversation? Got him up out of here. Yeah, well, this guy was supposed to be the savior. It's like, all right, we have no cornerbacks. We're going to have to make Christian McCaffrey play both sides of the ball. Well, now <laughs> that's the white savior cornerback, and he's not even running the combine. So I'm a little, little scarred. But back to baseball for one second, all honesty. Austin Hedges, our guy, Anthony Antonelli's uh, doppelganger. Two hunts. Shut him up yesterday. How about the two-run home run? What would you see on that pitch? Were you surprised he threw you a, an in-breaking fastball? Would that count? I mean, take us through it. I hit the ball. It went over the fence. <laughs> I smiled. <laughs> At, so, is that a, uh, so, 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 Anthony Hedges, is that a sign of things to come for this season? Or are you just now so. heating up? Because Will, Be- uh, Will Brennan was hitting also yesterday, hit too. Everybody was hitting yesterday. I, I really hope it's a sign for that. They actually changed, real quick, not to get technical, I saw this on Twitter, but Brennan changed his batting stance. And so, a guy I went to high school with played in the majors, the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And very minimal career, but he made it to the majors. Jerry Vasto played for the Rockies and the Royals. Awesome dude. So I texted him yesterday, and I was just like, explain to me why this is better or worse. And Brennan had his hands up higher last year. He's brought him down a little bit. 
And he's at his own. Well, he goes, it just quicker. He's like, I think he'll have less power. He's like, I, I don't know the guy. He's like, I, I couldn't tell you who Will Brennan is. But theoretically speaking, he should be able to get to the ball quicker, maybe more like double power, more pop, but less kind of home run power. And, of course, Will Brennan goes out hits a home run the next at bat. So, you know, I got to laugh. I, I, I don't know. He got, he got friends that's played the major league. He was the offensive lineman for two NFL running backs. Yeah. Like, dude, like. I got two Olympians in my town. Like, what kind of childhood yeah. did you have? Like, hey man, we don't got no connections. Man, the fact that this man was an offensive lineman is still, like, mind-boggling. That's, that's why I hated playing football. I played one I year. mean, this dude, got, this dude getting all the tickets. You see how they be. <clears throat> it's just like we be talking about, Earl. When we say we oh, broke. Don't, don't do this. When don't, we don't, say gee, we don't broke. Don't do this. I know we really do. be broke. When he be broke, when they be broke, he be like, I only got something in my savings. No. Nah. <laughs> See, no, no. I only got savings right now. <laughs> no, that counts. <laughs> you ain't broke yet. Yo, man, my grandmother used to tell me that all the time. I ain't got no money, right? And so then we'll go to church on Sunday. <laughs> and I used to be the one to take the tithes and the offer it up. And on the envelope, and I have like $100. Shut up. And as I'm walking up to the collection plate, in my mind, I'm like, Man, this woman told me on the way here she ain't had no money. This don't add up to me. <laughs> Steve Becker, I want the franchise tag next year. I want G to get the franchise tag too. I want Earl, Anthony, and Director Steve. We all deserve. No, the I, tag. I need no. I need the. I need a long. I need a long distance contract. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We gonna look. Hey, we 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 know we know who here. We I, I'm just trying to get um try to get this PTO off. We'll, we'll work on yeah. that next week. Uh, and you got super chat real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. All right, so. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ready? You go. Brody's bottom line for $5. DG is not the problem. Mobley is. Ooh. We was on Mobley too. Shout out to you. Uh we we got we, me and Earl on the radio. We gave Mobley we we stripped his unicorn title. Um we took that away from him and he played better. 20 what some points. He played well last night. 16 with but know, thing, six rebounds. It, the thing with Mobley it, it is similar with Darius where 
they show flashes, and like Mobley's development's different because he doesn't generate offense himself, right? Like he needs right. the ball to be passed him in certain situations. If he was on Charlotte. Like, Mobley could average 23, 24 points a game. You right. see some of the moves that he's developed that he didn't have in his bag two years ago, but then you see a game against Philadelphia, and he takes nine shots. And, uh, and he's like, you just, you just want, you want more because you know it's in there. And, for, and we've been talking about he's really good, help side, he's a good defender, he understands, five blocks. Evan Mobley has the defensive ability that he should be getting two blocks a game. Yeah, I agree. He, he, he should be – if you ain't going to give me that, he should be dominating, giving me at least two a game. And don't tell me that's not possible because there are plenty of guys in the league who are less athletic yep, yep. and not as agile as Mobley averaging way more blocks. You know Wemby's averaging 3.25 blocks? Crazy. He's averaging half a block a game more than anyone else. And, in the and why is he not up for uh, defensive player of the year? Oh, no, no, he is. Like, I, like, I want to see if they, they're not frauds and they really will stick by this, but he could literally be a 2K guy and get defense player year in his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs are so bad, I don't think he'll he'll get it, but he's in the conversation on the second worst team in basketball. That alone yeah. tells you how good he's How good it is, yeah. right? I saw a stat. Him and Chet Holmgren are the first two rookies ever with 153s, 150 blocks, and 100 assists in a season or something crazy like that. Dang. Yeah, it's absurd. Absurd. He's crazy. He's, I mean, he's special. You talk about unicorns, like that is what a unicorn in the flesh looks like. Yeah, and, and he's aggressive. He's got, he kind of has like a little edge to him like in a way he, that you, you wouldn't expect by his demeanor. But yeah, he's And a, Chet Holmgren, he's yeah, kind of a dog too. He's like, yeah, like they're not thinking about it. And, and here's the thing. That's all we want. Like if, if we got to go on the radio and say, y'all, y'all ain't doing what you're supposed to do and y'all play like that, Jared Allen playing like that, like if I was Jared Allen, he playing like he want to. Jared Allen look like he said, I'm a match player. <laughs> He's getting, I don't understand how he's getting his money off. But I he's think he's a top five paid center in the league. Yeah, he is. Um, but I mean, he's getting twenties. Like he remember at one point in time, we was like, if we get eight points with Jared Allen, that's a we didn't clap it up. Eight, eight, ten points. And Jared Allen out here playing like he's a dog right <laughs> yo, now. Yo, yo, I know he ain't paid for this, man. Shout out to Kenny Moss in the chat. McNuggets coach giggled at the other coach and said, watch how quick I get skinny boy to quit. <laughs> McNuggets, you ain't no tackle. Am I Jay Reed, boy? You ain't no cop, Jay I, Reed. I told you, I, hated, I got pancaked every play. It was miserable. I was like 52 pounds. Like, how did, like, how? Because it's a tiny town. There wasn't enough people. How was you reaching people? Like, how was, like, Gee, what was your footwork all about? It was hike the ball and get just pan. I, I sucked. I was objectively they ran the other way every time my job was to just distract the defensive tackle from getting the backfield immediately i was objectively horrendous that that would this, been is, a- this is every play ready <laughs> this, this is me hike every play but at least the defense man had to jump over me then to try to catch no and, and and Donald your, Brown. Father, your family came to see this you know what's the funniest part so I played D tackle too. Oh my God! <laughs> very, what the hell? Very first, very first play. I saw we were playing cold snack. Very first, my dad, mom, y'all come on that little test. Very first play of the season. I fell on a force. Uh, someone forced fumble. I fell on it. Fumble recovery. Uh-huh. Only play I made all year. Oh. I didn't make another single play the rest of the season. Dang. We're so shocked by that. that. You, I, I'm can, just saying. It was, that's you, why I didn't play football. McNugget stands up. He gets bare palm the first play. Yeah. Ah. Well, everyone else was like 75, 80 pounds. I was 50 pounds. I had no chance. 
So you was stuff. Kevin Green before Kevin Green? Hey, listen. If Kevin Green sucked as a second. <laughs> now, now what, yes. they, what they should have done is they should have stood you but up. But I'm honest about it. Like, I'm but, honest about it. But if they would have stood you up and you, they would have said, McNuggets, here's what I want you to do. I want you to assume this is basketball, right? So you get in a stand-up and you hit him with your best move. Hesitation, crossover, step back, whatever. Maybe. They, they, they would have had nothing for you. But what's stupid is we had like two good athletes at receiver, but we didn't throw the ball a single time all season. So what the hell is the point of putting your two, two of your better, bigger dudes at receiver if you're never going to throw? So oh, did you I have a kid know. who could throw the ball? We had two future NFL running backs in the backfield, and oh, well, the kids were seven. Like, there's no way you're throwing hey, the ball. I needed this. This was a fun show. I wasn't going to say nothing, but I really needed this, man. Prayers to, to my baby brother. Uh, my baby brother was stabbed yesterday. And he's had two surgeries already, uh, like just fighting for his life, trying to pull it through. I told Mike yesterday, I said, man, I still want to come to work. I still want to do the show and lock in. Uh, I feel a whole lot better. And that's what happens when you're around positive people who do their best to love them the best they can. So I love you, bro. Get better. Prayers out. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.